everybody. It's uh, we're back here for the Breaking Bad Insider podcast. We're going to talk about episode five hundred three, which is called Hazard Pay, right, Peter? That's correct. Hazard Pay. Yes. Um, I'm Kelly Dixon. I'm one of the editors on the show Breaking Bad. Um, I'm here with Vince Gilligan. Hello. I'm here with the writer of this episode, and also, are you co-executive producer now? I yeah. am, yeah. Peter Gold, writer happen? of this episode and co-executive producer of the show. You need to use that title for good and not evil, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with, with uh, a, another co-executive producer and also writer on the show, Tom Schnauz. Hello. And we're also here with the editor of this episode, Skip McDonald. Hey. Oh, newly newly nominated editor, Emmy-nominated editor, Skip McDonald, who is also yeah. in American Cinema Editors. Let's throw every yeah. plug yeah, out there. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's get it all out there. Well, wait. Skip McDonald, ace. Ace, ace and, right. And Kelly Dixon, ace. Yes. yes. And yes. also... Newly, newly nominated. <laughs> newly nominated. And yes, and Kelly Dixon nominated for best editing for a uh, drama, and Skip McDonald edit, uh, nominated for best editing for a drama. I am so glad both of you guys got nominated because I swear to Christ, if it had only been one of you, it would have been. <laughs> it would have been so unple- unpleasant. We've, up here. We, we've lived through it. We've lived through it before. We've lived through it. No, but it's fabulous. I'm, 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 I'm really excited. It doesn't happen often, and it's never happened to us. Um, our show, but it does it, it happens, but it doesn't happen very often. And I'm actually quite amazed because I really thought Skip that you would get it, and I, I didn't expect it at all. So I'm really happy for you, but I'm really uh, happy, very but happy yeah. for you too. Thank it's, you. It's an honor for both of us. But also, <coughs> Vince Gilligan is nominated for directing. Thank you. Yay! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you all are nominated for best drama. We we all of us, you included, all of us nominated. Yes, but you guys will get the statue. Me and Skip will just be like, yay! I'll let you hold it for one photograph. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't count any chickens before they hatch. Just so all of you know out there, um, today is uh, is Friday. It's um, it's July 20th, and the Emmy nominations just came out yesterday, July 19th. So we're all very, very happy very and excited. excited. And it's been, been a great week, and, and also my rash has cleared up. So it's just really yes. just so many things. Rash mind. watch, day 126. <laughs> Today, Tom's rash diary shows that there's some <laughs> slight clearing, a lessening of redness. But you know, I also want to give a shout out to Taint Watch as, as <laughs> 2012. As that's as my, much that's my Twitter feed. <laughs> as you know, that's why I wanted you here, Tom, because I love the. the but everybody who's listening to this is like, why is he there? Why does, why does he stop speaking? <laughs> Um, but you know what? <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I'm really, really excited. Um, all of we got, I guess, 13 nominations. Our sound effects people—that's our, our new lucky number, 13. Our mixers, every, you know, there's so many nominations. But I got to say, aside from myself, no offense to anyone, um, I'm most happy about Anna Gunn getting nominated for it's, best supporting it's actress. Wonderful. Um, you know, Skylar, it's a really hard character. She's a tough character to play and she doesn't get a whole lot of sympathy. So I'm just like, when I saw it, I was like, suck it, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of her. Anna is, is the best actress on TV. I'm, you know, I'm biased, but uh, that's the way I feel. And this is a long time coming. I think uh, the Academy, uh, the folks, the voters of the Academy did a wonderful job and I'm so proud of her. It's, uh, yeah, you're right. She's a, it's funny, isn't it? That. Oftentimes, a lot of viewers, so I hear anecdotally, have more sympathy for Walt than they do Skyler a oh, lot of days. Way. Skyler uh, is why just, is that? I don't know, because I've always been a Skyler fan, but it, I read a lot of the stuff, and they just rake her over the coals. And I'm just like, I'm always really, really impressed with the work that she does. 
and you know how when I do see her at some of these events you know she's a wonderful wonderful woman and she's got great composure and she always seems very happy yeah. and smart so as a whip I'm, too so I was very very excited when I saw her name on there really excited and Mark Margolis Mar- I know T.O. and he doesn't even freaking talk man <laughs> I, I, I so want to see him get oh, up on stage oh he did talk last year though he, he did, did he, he did, did he did talk last he did. year briefly, in a la- briefly. in well, a language that he does not speak yeah yes he's yeah. not said a word in English he's never said a he's word he's never in said a word in English on the show although the the, the actor, the wonderful man who plays with Mark Margolis doesn't speak a word of Spanish in real life. So. Uh, just for uh, just for our, our uh, podcast fans out there, I'd love to know who else has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor, or Best Guest best guest Actor, who's had less dialogue. In yes. a, in a, and I think, it's, for me, it's one of the things I'm always proud about. Our, our show is so visual, and I think it's the perfect example of uh, what, a, what a unique, weird visual show it is. Has there been another Emmy nominee who's shit on camera like he has? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Find yeah. that no, nobody, oh. that li- nobody that liquid. Maybe Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> That's right. There other... was a famous episode. Yeah. <laughs> Brian has been nominated for a fourth Emmy now. Fourth Emmy? Oh fourth God. Emmy for and Brian He's going to win, wow. bitches, too. He's going to win. Um, you know, and then Aaron Paul and also Giancarlo. Giancarlo Esposito, how great is that? That's awesome. And and Aaron Paul, just wonderful. It yeah. would be more exciting if it was a fight to the death between those two. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Like in Star Trek. <laughs> like between yeah. Kirk and Spock. <laughs> yeah. Can I hum that theme or would we get sued? I think that we probably should refrain. This is like fair use, right? We should. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to risk it. If this is fair use, I'm just going to sing for the next four years. <laughs> And and, and and sing the Beatles or something. Really and our, our wonderful sound crew, uh, yes. that just uh, and our wonderful our mixers, sound editors, our sound our effects mixers, editors, yeah, visual effects Mike for, for Giancarlo, Michael Slovis, uh, yeah, our cinematographer. Oh, we just so proud of Michael Slovis. What a great! I think these eight episodes, which the folks listening have, of which the folks listening have only seen three now at this point. Right. We do this. Uh, uh, I think this is uh, hands down the most beautiful. And, and dramatic and striking cinematography he's done for us yet. Uh, and that's saying a hell of a lot. Uh, I think there's some beautiful, beautiful photography this season. Not, not that it, he simply goes for beauty. He, he, he you know, he, he tells he, the story. He tells the yeah. story but uh, it's it, uh, beautiful, just striking, wonderful stuff. Um, um, oh, I wanted to mention also before we started. So y'all were at Comic Con. Well, it's been a weekend. hell of a week. Comic Con. Yeah, Comic Con. I was, was here fantastic. working, but y'all were at Comic Con. A week ago today, as we taped this, uh, that was the thirteenth. Sticking with the number thirteen, that was the thirteenth. We were down there. That's right. It was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That was the best Friday the thirteenth I can recall. Seriously, <laughs> it was. Uh, I am going to go on record and say this. I thought it was a terrible mistake to go to Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no longer feel that way, but going into this thing, I had to be talked into doing it because I thought, you know what, they have these huge halls down there, so I hear. I've never been before. You know, this is me in advance of a week ago saying this, and we're going to get maybe a couple hundred people in a in a 800-seat hall or a 10,000 or 5,000-seat hall or whatever whatever goes on, and, it's, and people are going to say, what the hell is this show doing down there? It has nothing to do with... Uh, genre or sci-fi or fantasy and i hear you guys horror. were mobbed by like like michelle mclaren came back and said that you guys were like the beatles like rock stars down there it was amazing it was mind-blowing it was uh, we were in a, uh, a a hall that seated just under five thousand people it was full to capacity uh i hear 
a great many people were unfortunately turned away because the fire marshals, you know, wouldn't let anybody past a certain point get in. But just under five thousand people in that one room. You know, I was a I was a big Lost fan. I mean, I've never been to Comic Con, but. I, I would hear from people who would go down there for those panels, and people would stand in line for, like, two days. So did you hear about maybe how much time people were standing in line just to get in that hall for you guys? I, I don't know. I, I'm almost at a point I'd be afraid to know. I, 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 I got to tell you, I, this was so touching. This, I, I got to tell you, it, just, it was amazing. It was, it was uh, life-changing. This, uh, I, I don't think Damn. I'm overstating it. It was to see... That many people, and they were so, the people in the hall, and then the people the next day, we did an autograph signing, and I, I want to apologize to anyone listening who was in that line and did not make it to see us and get their autograph, uh, get get autographs from us, because uh, unfortunately it was a bit of a, of a madhouse, and, it, and at a certain point the line got cut off, uh, and I'm, I want to apologize to everyone listening who, who was in that line and didn't make it in uh, to that. Uh, because uh, we wanted to sign for all you guys. It was just, uh, it's a very tightly run show Yeah, I, c- I show could not there. get in. I was, on, I was in the back of the line. I wouldn't have <laughs> Yeah, I would have signed your buttock. We could do it now. <laughs> Sorry we're not shooting right, video on this. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was not, all joking aside, it was, it was amazing. It was, uh, everyone was so, our fans, and it sounds like a blowing smoke, and like, you know, it, it, our fans are so smart. I mean, it's not some crowd of yahoos or something. It's our fans were just the the questions that were asked were very astute. Uh, it was it was just it was it was it was a stellar. Uh, it was it was amazing. It was I'm glad. Great. I'm glad yeah. you had a good time. Yeah, I was wrong about Comic Con. <laughs> I admit it here and now, and I hope we get to go back again next year. I hope we get invited back because it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, we should probably talk about the episode a yes. little bit, just a little bit. Um, right. This episode was directed by Adam Bernstein, and, and right before we started this, we started doing accounting of how many episodes he's actually done. So what's the number? This is number this seven. Is number seven for Adam. And it may sadly, I guess it's, I don't know, may, maybe his last one, which is kind of, which is kind of hard to say. Uh, the the uh, And this is my third, my third episode with Adam. Third, third episode uh, you guys uh, done together, and... Um, did you guys introduce Saul Goodman? Was that Adam? Uh, no, 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 that was no, Terry McDonough. Terry, Terry McDonough, McDonough. I'm sorry. Yes, but third episode of you and Adam. You and Adam are a real good team. Uh, yes, and I, I just want shh because you're right. Looking ahead, we have all of our directing slots uh, filled up. So I think this was Adam's last episode, number seven, which he'll be the second most prolific director I think on this show after uh, Michelle McLaren. And Michelle, uh, who has the uh, the uh, the special boost of actually being in Albuquerque during all the production. Yes, so. yes. He will be a fairly close second. I don't know what her final number will, will wind up being, but he is, I tell you, we've been so lucky to have Adam. I know Adam from, uh, he and I were going to do an ill-fated uh, CBS pilot together a few years back. I, I wrote it, and he was going to direct it. And to this day, I can't remember how we, who suggested yeah, it might have been my uh, agent suggested uh, uh, that he direct it, but I took to him instantly. He's a great guy. He's funny as hell. Uh, his wife is the wonderful Jessica Hecht, excellent actress who plays Gretchen Gretchen, uh, Gretchen Schwartz on our show. She's an excellent actress who's always doing big Broadway plays, yeah. and uh, he's just a great guy. We love working with him. He is. He's he's unusual, and I think usually unusually well suited for the show because he can do both comedy and drama. He went from uh, you know he's he directed Oz on yeah, HBO yeah. 
for anyone who's familiar with that. But he also originated 30 Rock. He directed the pilot for 30 Rock. And I don't know if there, I can't think of anyone else no, in the business nobody. who goes back and forth between those extremes. He did do a smash. He directed did, the pilot for Scrubs, I believe. So, you yeah. know, and uh, I, he was also the first person other than you to direct an episode of Breaking Bad, season one. That's true. The you only, handed it off to him. You're right. Yep. You're right. He, he killed only, Crazy Eight. He killed. He he block shot the first two episodes. Mm -hmm. The only other time we block shot two episodes back to back was when I got to direct uh, episodes twelve and thirteen of season four, the the final uh, episodes of last season. And that is block shooting is hard. I thought it was going to be easier. It was oh, harder. Geez. I thought it'd be easier. Yeah. I thought it'd be easier because you're aggro. You're consolidating. Scenes from two episodes. You know, you know what other shows do that on a regular basis? No. Well, I didn't. I didn't say I was. I didn't say I, I didn't say I wasn't a diva. I just said I thought it was going to be easier. I know ever other people work harder than I do. I know. Uh, I no, get it. Nobody works harder than you do. Nobody. Works I, harder I don't know about you. that. I don't know. Okay. You know what? I wanted to. I had. I just watched the episode. Like right as you guys were having lunch about an hour ago, I just watched the episode because Skip cut the episode, and we have been so busy that it's kind of normal now that we don't get to see each other's episodes. We read them, and, you know, we, have, we don't get to see yeah, them. Yeah, I haven't seen any of yours yet. <laughs> so. You guys should watch the show. It's really good. <laughs> there's, it's on I Netflix think, streaming. I find there's a lot more star wipes on uh, Kelly's episode. <laughs> yeah. I call it so bullshit on that. <laughs> if there's star wipes on them, somebody else put them in there. Um but uh, we should start right in. Um, if you guys have, obviously, uh, uh, things that you can tell us, Peter, you were there, obviously, as a writer, you were there on the set. If you have other things you can tell me, Skip also, uh, things that I might not know by watching it. Because basically, I'm, I'm now moderating this thing as a fan on, on the show, because I, I don't know any really real background about it. But I did take some, some good notes. One thing that, I've, that I noticed um, in this episode we should probably talk about uh, that you, Vince, have mentioned in working on my episodes is we have a new costume person. Yes. Because the first thing, you know, one of the first things we see is Mike in a suit. And when I saw that just now, I was like, whoa, Mike's yeah. in a suit and he looks great. So if you want to talk about, I guess we have a new costume person. Well, we have a, a lovely woman named uh, Jennifer Bryant who is, uh, who is uh, replacing the lovely and talented Kathleen DeToro. Uh, uh, we've, we've, had, we've been lucky we, we, we have been lucky since day one. We continue to be lucky with the, with the excellent uh, artistry and high level of, 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 of skill and uh, competence that goes into the, uh, uh, the wardrobe on this show. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about, you know, and I, I'm not complaining uh, at all about we have had wonderful 13 nominations, Emmy nominations. I just, I'm not complaining, hey, we should have had more. This is... I need to preface this. It's not what I'm saying. But it's funny. Now go ahead and I, say it. When I think about a show like this, I think about, for instance, it, just as a good example, the costume department on this show. Uh, this show uh, is a show in which very middle-class people dress uh, in a very sort of middle-class way. And it's funny when you think about the costume, the shows that win consistently year in and year out get nominated and win for, for costuming. It's it's uh, typically it's uh, shows that take place in the past or right. take place in some distant future or some fantasy land or, or, you know, and it's people. If it's not that, it's people who dress up in beautiful, expensive clothing. To me, and and you know, a lot of great stuff, a lot of great shows deservedly win those costume things. But it's like with this show, it's like so much thought 
goes into these choices and these color palettes and whatnot on the part of our, 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 of our costume designers. And it's, it's funny that uh, the flashier stuff, but that's the way it is with a lot of uh, departments. The flashier stuff gets the, uh, gets, the, uh, gets the nods. Yeah, they get the statues. Well, you know, speaking, speaking of costumes, this, uh, this was the introduction of uh, our, hopefully the audience won't realize, but our new, our new suits, our new uh, uh, cook suits. Oh, yeah. The, 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 we've always had some trouble with the cook suits on the show. They, when we used the actual Tyvek, they were just too hot, and they also make a lot of noise. They make noise. Yeah. And that, that was very troublesome. Tell, say why noise is bad. Noise is bad because you would like to hear the dialogue. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for, one, for one thing. And the mics for are underneath. Thing. They're uh, like, well, you know, we, we shoot with two mics. We have a mic, a boom mic overhead. Yeah. And we have a mic that's a lav mic, which is their personal mic. And when the lav mic is there for all of you who don't realize it goes crunch 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 and you know we have to replace dialogue and yeah you know, which you do not want to do move yeah. and, these suits you know. are quieter but they're, they're still hot i still <laughs> i still heard complaints oh is that true yeah oh, okay hot. <laughs> okay well this the suits in season four we moved if, if you if for oh if you're going to look microscopically close at the episodes you're going to notice a transition from the crinkly suits which are the actual tyvek to a smoother Satin-y. Slightly shinier, <laughs> more tracksuit-looking uh, suit. Yeah. And uh, this this year, uh, costume department actually managed to square the circle and find us and create a suit uh, using existing uh, unusual materials. Mm-hmm. That I don't I don't know the name of it. It's a spe- it's a special waterproof material. They actually had to remake the suits out of existing garments. Yeah. Uh, right. And uh, they I thought I think they look. Well, the thing that I respond to the most, I don't know how hot they are because I don't wear them. But uh, That's not our department. That's not our department. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, I think they look great, and I think they also have that, that texture yeah. that you see on the posters, and it just, it just feels, it feels right. Yeah. Uh, and it's also the episode, by the way, speaking of technical things like that, this is also the episode where we introduce our new method of cooking. Yes. Vamos. Vamanos. Okay, but we'll get to that. We'll oh, get to that. Okay. I have notes. Um, <laughs> All right. Okay, Sorry, what Kelly. first thing You're not I want to me. <laughs> just try, we're just trying to segue. Look, I'm just going back to costumes for a second. Let me tell you how important costumes are to Vince Gilligan. I acted in Vince Gilligan's student film. I was played a clown. The night before we shot, he came to me and said, Could you sleep in this costume? He wanted me to sleep in my clown outfit for his student film. Well, That's how important costumes are to Vince but Gilligan. There's a good reason there's a good reason for that, Vince. Will you explain the uh, the James Bond related re- reason for that? There's a good James Bond story, but in the case of Tom it was because I wanted to secretly take pictures of him with infrared film as he slept. I, I knew that was coming. Or 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 I was gonna say that, that you just wanted him to do it so he could make you do it, bitch. No. <laughs> there was no that's a great there's a uh, I, I, I admittedly I did not know the James Bond story at the time I just thought it would look more uh, careworn and lived in but yeah tell the James Bond that's a great story oh gee I, I, that, that's the, more about acting though than costume but I, I, but I love that story well it was the director of the original uh, Terrence Young who directed the uh, the first James Bond movie which was Dr. No and he had Sean Connery who actually Ian Fleming didn't like because he felt he was too rough around the edges because ah. uh, he was a truck driver he was a, a truck lorry truck, driver he was a bodybuilder too he okay. was uh, yeah. sort of the Arnold Schwarzenegger of his Scottish Arnold Schwarzenegger huh. and uh, t- what Terrence Young was a very very elegant guy uh, took Sean Connery to his tailor on S- Savile Row yeah. and uh, and had him 
cut a beautiful suit. And he said, here, now you sleep in this. Yeah. Just wear it all the time. And so by the time that uh, they actually started shooting, Sean Connery was very, very comfortable at which is exactly, yeah. isn't that pretty much how you worked with the Wallabies on, uh, <laughs> yes. for Brian Cranston? Yes. Brian Cranston right. used to wearing those Wallabies. And he had Wallabies and tidy whities yes. that's right. I think Brian Cranston, when he got here, was more than used to hanging around in his tidy whities There's seven so. years of Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that story because, you know, most of us, uh, you know, would not be that comfortable in a, in a, in a, in a bespoke suit. We'd, I, I get, I'd get nervous whenever I'm wearing mine. But the last thing James Bond can look like is uncomfortable that was a brilliant uh, bit of uh, uh, directing on on, uh, on terence terence young's part and i've seen the movie and tom is is a wonderful clown he's he he really he, he <laughs> thank you he, he, does, he does a be- he does a beautiful job and he's he's got very subtle reactions and it's I very cl- it's I very fun back to that after i'm done uh, breaking bed yes <laughs> he's, Not- a, he's the best kind of clown the kind that scares children <laughs> Oh, the, other little yeah. deta- the other little detail in that film was that uh, he had me cut. I was wearing gloves as well, and on one of the hands, I cut off one of the glove fingers, and I so I only have four fingers yeah. in the film. Yeah. I'm hiding a finger. It's like, why is this clown missing a finger? We never know. Well, this is this is the attention to detail <laughs> yeah. that, you, that you were talking about earlier. And let me tell you, it came out brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, Oh, not not for lack of trying it's on the part of you work. guys. <laughs> it's, it's not a particularly good movie, but it's no one's fault but mine. It's about twice as long as it needs to. I tell you, I've learned so much from about editing for working with you guys. That's what be a bring, different film today. Bring it in here and get some film. get some uh, get some <laughs> Emmy nominated editors Make to recut your student we, we've film. We've been begging to see this movie. Hey, you know that that's I'm a good idea. You. I wonder yeah. if we could knock it up onto the Avid. Just we could transfer it, and then you guys could cut it the way it was supposed to have been cut. Maybe. And that's a thought. What does it live on? It's, uh, I've got, God, VHS, man. I got, you know what? I got 16 millimeter copy of it somewhere. We well, could, we I could. gotta get it transferred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Transfer? I want to see it. I just want right. to see it. Okay, All right, so now, now that everyone is tuned out, yeah, the, exactly. now, now we can, now that literally the last person is clicked off there listening to this. Wanna, now we can give you the real, the real cause, information. Because yeah. maybe I, me- I missed it and I apologize because, like I said, we've been, we've been so busy this season that it's hard to watch other episodes. Now, I have seen 501, but is this the first time since last year that we've seen Dennis? Yes. Okay. So De- we, Dennis played by we Mike Batea. We have to nice re- remember Dennis because Dennis yeah. was the manager of the laundry, and yes. now Dennis is in jail. Yes. And that's basically what Mike has come in his suit yes. to be the so-called paralegal. Yes. Uh, to and, talk to Dennis. And, and the question might arise, why not just talk to him in the regular visitor area? Because... In, in in jails, uh, you know, it's it's legal to you can tape all those conversations. Right. So he has to do this on the down low. Go in there with the uh, lawyer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and basically the lawyer played by uh, Chris uh, Fryhofer, if I'm pronouncing his name right. I met him at the rap party. Very nice, uh, very nice gentleman. Uh, but yeah, he's got to go in there. Mike does, and and be down on the down low because he does not want the DEA knowing he came to visit. Because he's got to, as he hints at, he's got to visit all these guys, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he even freaks out in that little vestibule there with the camera because he doesn't want his image on camera. I'm assuming, right? Is it that or is it? What do you think? Peter? I think he's. I think that Mike is under a lot of pressure, and uh, I think it's the only reason that he would ever work with Walt. Is that he's under he's under unbelievable pressure because he's got to take care of all these guys who could flip on him, who could flip on Walt, and it's it's uh, it's a 
it's and it, you know we we talk about it more later in the episode. This is a, this is a, he's in a real corner here. And and it maybe it's a little reson uh, not resonance. Maybe it's a little maybe this is a little glimpse of what it would be like for him to be trapped to yeah. be in jail. Yes. He does not seem to like being there. I mean, who who does? But yes. I mean, yeah. Now the next thing that happens is Walt moves back home, and I gotta say, I like I said, I just watched this episode, but I did make a note because. Walt is moving back home, and he's unpacking, and he's got this mondo huge stack of white, look, JCPenney-looking briefs, and I'm like, I know that reading <laughs> the form that. sites and stuff, reading, people are like, when? Walt is like, now he's he's got money, but he, when is he going to get out of this underwear? <laughs> when does is, when is the free-balling happen? <laughs> <laughs> that happened in uh, season two, I believe. <laughs> He must have, he's got a stack that's like a foot high. I tell you, you get to a certain age, you don't have to wear underpants anymore. Is that a sign of wealth? Move up and you, you change from your yeah. It, that know. was a line in the, the theme song from the Jeffersons, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they probably cut that part. But, you know, so you're wondering when Walt's going to get better yeah, underwear. Yeah, a lot of people out, out there are saying, "What is it with the tidy whities and when's he going to like start wearing something else?" They and, offer support, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> I used to wear them when I was a little kid. I, I don't, I don't I care for them now. All but, of you guys probably wore them when you were a little yeah, kid. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Okay. That's anyway. an interesting question, Kelly. I like that one. <laughs> okay, okay. Officially, no the last person Walt. clicked off. Now, <laughs> that was I just I could hear it. All right, but you know we have we do set up in that scene the fact that Anna is I mean uh, uh, Skyler is kind of freaked that Walt's moving home, and he also says that he's he's keeping the condo. So we know that he's keeping the condo, but he's moving. Yeah, doesn't mean we'll ever see home. it again. We may, we may not. So the next thing that <laughs> the next thing that we see um, is uh, we we're we're in the I guess Saul's waiting room and we hear this this noise and I notice that Huel's back. Oh yeah, Huel's, Huel's back. Huel. He's breathing. <laughs> hey, that's a good segue. Tell uh, uh, Skip. Tell the Huel. Yeah, they did a number of takes with Huel, and that's his breathing there. And uh, there was one take that we didn't use where the breathing was just unknown to me what that sound was. <laughs> And as you watch the take, the camera starts to shake. And as you keep watching and listening, the cameraman was trying to stop from laughing so hard. At the end, when they said cut, it just went crazy shaking because of the sound that he was making. It was between breathing and squeaking. I don't know how to describe it, but it was really, really funny. I, I, I was in Video Village, and I had no idea what the hell, what the hell that was. It was, I can't do it, but it's like... And he's completely dead. He's completely deadpan. He's completely deadpan while he's doing it. So yes, Lavelle Crawford's a great guy. But we love Hill. We, we love Hill. Lavelle is funny as hell. He's a stand-up uh, a comic, and he's really brilliantly funny guy, and a sweet guy too. He's out of L.A. We we bring him in for that. Yeah. So uh, so Saul is still scared. He's scared of Walt. He's scared. Yeah. Um, and Walt kind of scared of Mike too. It would say. <laughs> scared of Skyler. <laughs> yeah, Saul's in a corner. Yeah, but I do love his. I gotta say that all of his his outfits this time I loved. I love the orange shirt and the brightly colored tie. Yes, and I love the green shirt and the brightly colored tie. I love yeah. his outfits. I, yeah. I just always like Saul's Saul's outfits. Yeah, he's, but he's great when he's giving a tour of all the different uh, possible cook sites. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. First, before you get to that, though, yeah. it's like you know, Walt's like grow a pair. I mean, he says to to uh, to Saul. Yeah. Was that was that scripted, Peter? That was scripted. Yes, okay. that was scripted. <laughs> uh, the you know there was it there was it was so much fun. This episode is so much fun to see Mike and Walt butting heads with each other, <laughs> and finding the right level for that. Exactly how angry they should be at what point was something that really really took some thought and some some work. Uh, in fact, while we were shooting that scene. Over to one side of the set, there was a giant stack of money because uh, that was that was it, and it wasn't it wasn't for the for us unfortunately because that was where that was at the moment when uh, Adam had had realized that they were we were going to have this tremendous money counting scene later in the episode which wasn't shooting until the following week and uh, so he and John and I in between takes on this scene were trying to figure out how to make this all this money counting work and. Uh, it shows you, you know, this, these these uh, you you don't always just want to show up and figure it out in the oh. moment. Oh yeah, prior planning prevents poor performance. Oh, did your mom teach you that? You know, it's either that or the Boy Scouts or I was something. I to say your mom like was a school teacher, so it sounds yeah. like maybe that's something that you learned. actually t- yeah. I taught learned a lot of good stuff from my mom, but actually that sounds like something they teach in the army. Although I was not in the army, but. Uh, <laughs> One of those, one of those mnemonics. Um, okay, the next thing is, I do want to, I do want to have you guys talk about the different uh, venues that um, Saul takes them to go cook, the tortilla factory and the box factory. But what I also want to mention, I'm going to give a plug out there because I just saw the article this morning, although I don't have a link. So it's, uh, it's, uh, I think a, a website. Uh, with Wired Magazine, oh, and yeah. there's an interview with our two, uh, our script coordinator and our writer's assistant, Gordon, our writer's assistant, Gordon Smith, and our script coordinator, Jen Carroll. Uh, please go out there and check it out um, um, because they have given an interview uh, about the research that goes on to help you guys figure out, you know, what to write and if what you guys are pitching out there is really going to work. And it's a great article. Sorry, like I said, I don't have the link. Maybe we can find it in website. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's a fantastic article. I learned stuff while I was reading about it. I can't um, wait to read it. With a charming illustration. Oh, it's great. The charming illustration. Oh, it's, they've got a great, they, you know, it's got a great little cartoon uh, illustration of them. Jen but, is uh, like smoking hot in that drawing. <laughs> she's, she's adorable. She's as cute as she can be. But they, yeah, they've glammed her up a bit, although she's just as uh, adorable as she could be. And then Gordon looks like uh, he's passing a kidney stone. I mean, <laughs> the Which is his normal. I'm sure he'll be really happy. Thing. I love Gordon. I'm sure he'll be really happy. I didn't happy say I didn't love that. Gordon. How do you intuit that I don't love Gordon from that? Um, but, you know, I wanted to throw that out there because when I was watching the scene where Saul is taking them around to the factories, you have this one part where Walt says he was he worked in a box factory and it, is it a corrugator corrugator machine? That's correct, it's a corrugator. That, and I'm sure that was part of their job right, to research the chemistry, whatever you guys talk about, where there's stuff in the corrugator machine that does. I don't know stuff. that we ever researched it that closely. To be and that's not, by the way, uh, <laughs> somebody's going to call BS on this when they see it. That is not a corrugating yeah. machine. Yeah, oh. We're looking for a corrugating machine. There was actually a corrugating machine Okay, do there. I need to cut this part? No, no, no this oh, is okay. good. There was this, is, this is the fascinating detail about box making that <laughs> people have tuned in <laughs> to listen to on this it's, podcast. If you want Breaking Bad, that's a different podcast. This is box making. Uh, there was actually, there was a corrugator. Uh, in that factory, oh, there was. was. Not, I believe it wasn't placed; it wasn't accessible, or it didn't uh, it didn't look right. Oh, I didn't know that. So, but it, okay. actually, I did look at the uh, corrugator, and I looked at what 
we were pointing out, and they didn't look too different from each other. So. I, I worked, I worked, I think that was my little minor contribution to this episode. I worked in a, in a oh, cardboard uh, box factory. Oh, cool. I can't even say one summer. It was like uh, two days one summer when, when I was in college. When you realized that was not your chosen I, profession. I was like, I better get a college degree. I better, I am a, I, my hand came home that first day from work looking like a breadboard because you, the job all day long was to slap the sheets together as they come off the corrugator and, and drop them onto a pallet for the forklift to come pick up. My hand was just, just covered with like paper cuts. It was, I, was, I got home, like, I get in the shower, and I'm like, and the blood is pouring off both hands. It was like a horror movie. <laughs> didn't you, didn't, they didn't have any gloves there for you? I, I said, I said, why don't we wear gloves? And it was like, the guy's like, all right. What kind of pussy wears gloves? <laughs> I swear to God, like, we don't wear no gloves. It was, I, it was, I was just like, I, I just, man, I gotta learn a trade here. I don't know. I can't. Yeah, now you I, can God say, bless anyone who's still there. And, that, and now that. you can say, how you like me now, bitches? They were no, they're a good bunch of guys. Okay. It was just, I was not, I was not physically tough enough. Plus, it was like 118 degrees and about 136 percent humidity in that place. It was, I think it would, I don't know for sure it would ruin one's batch of meth, but mm-hmm. I, I feel confident in guessing that it would. <laughs> but, it's not good for it. Oh, man, I am such a weenie, because that was a, I just, that was a tough job. I, I lasted two days, and then I was out. Well, so, are, were these, like, um, specific, these were actual locations that you went to, Peter? Yeah, these were all, yeah, that was a real, that was a real, honest-to-God, box factory right there in Albuquerque, and he's been there for, the owner was there, uh, he was, had been there for, I think, 35 years. Wow. And uh, he was very excited to have, have us shooting there. I love that location. It was a great I, location. I would have been happy to do a whole episode right there. There was just there was not a bad angle on that place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was it was also so much fun to see uh, to get to see Saul being Saul because Saul's oh, yeah. been cowed a lot this season and he has a lot of very dramatic things to do and it was really fun to have him kind of be expansive. And it was also I thought the uh, the space was very nice for that character because he can get so he let him yeah. let him use the space yeah, and, 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 and I, I was it was that was really that really felt good. I love the blocking in that scene too, just the way the guys spread out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, really good. I yeah. love it too, and I love the way Saul talks with his hands, not just in this episode and every episode, but I speaking of editing, both you guys being here, luckily, God bless him, uh, Bob Odenkirk does essentially the same hand movements. All For the, the most part, all the time. He's really good with it. I, lo- really yeah, I love watching things. him talk with his hands. Yeah, Surprising how much he does move his hands, how well yeah. you can cut it. How well it works. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have a clue how to remember from one take to the other what I'd been doing. Uh, and then the tortilla factory. That was I, not scripted. That was They discovered that on a location scout. They found this tortilla factory and... Uh, I thought it was so. We did a little couple of dialogue changes, but my favorite moment of the tortilla factory is actually the very end, yeah. which I, I didn't happen to be there for that day, so I can't take. And Aaron just grabs a tortilla on his way out and starts eating, and it's really hot, yeah. and you can tell he's not expecting it. And that was the only time I believe Skip. That's the yeah. only time he did that. He did it once, and it was it, we just got the hell burned out of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought that was I thought that was a wonderful moment. And of course, great. we had to uh, because. You, Everyone who goes into the tortilla factory has to wear a hairnet, and you have to wear all sorts of uh, protective covering. So we had to buy them out. So well, we got to keep all the tortillas that were made Seriously? during during the production oh of that sequence. God. 
God, I wish I'd been there. I'm just dying for an excuse to wear a hairnet. You know, I, we all looked really good. We, there are a lot of interesting pictures of people walking around with hairnets uh, on the location scout. Okay, you know what? I, I've got three writers in the room from the writers' room, and I'm really excited because I, 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 there's one thing that I've been meaning to ask you. I'm sure that it would be interesting to our listeners. Um, I noticed in this episode, and not to jump ahead, but I noticed in this episode that there are a couple of things that you guys would have had to think about in certain stages to then present them in this episode. The first one is the new way of cooking. We're going to cook in tented houses. The second one was you're going to have a scene with Walt and Brock. Yeah. Okay? (laughs) And the third one is you're going to reveal to Marie that Skylar had an affair. Yes. And what I what I kind of want to I want you guys to tell me about tell us about this, but what I I'm really kind of wanting to know is you know, we've talked Vince you and I about the process in the writers room about when you guys get together in the beginning and you think about these specific things that you want to happen, you know, for the for the coming season. But when do you start? I mean, are these ideas things that, that would have been the big ideas? Or are these ideas that get done when you decide to start breaking the episodes? Well, de- definitely. <coughs> excuse me. The, the way of cooking, the new means of cooking, is definitely a big idea. You guys help me out. I always forget when we come up with stuff. Well, I remember that I think when you walked in this year, this was one of the first things you said, yeah. was, uh, you know, wouldn't it be fun if they could cook inside tented houses? And then, and then there were a couple of times during during the, the breaking of it when we, it seemed like it was going to be too hard to make it work and have it be credible. Right. And and I just I wanted that. So I, so much of this hinged on the great design of those cases. I mean, that, yes. this could have not worked at, worked at all, but they designed them so well that uh, you just believe it. I mean, they. Yes. I mean, this you could cook meth with with that equipment. <laughs> Kudos to Mark Freeborn and his crew, and to W. Gilpin and his crew for designing and then building these these units. They they really are masterpieces of of design. It just, You're talking uh, about the road cases. Yes. Well, the road cases are are factory built. You know. Road cases, but the the case. oh, everything. you're talking about the equipment. The, the, basically, the mobile meth, the mobile meth, yes. mobile. Yes. Yeah, they okay. They fit it all, and they figured out a way to just make it that you could roll it into a house and set up a meth lab, and bang, there you go, start cooking. <laughs> that's yeah. as, that's as big a case as you can roll through a standard uh, household doorway, doorway, and and the stuff inside. Uh, if you knew the amount of level of detail Mark Freeborn and his guys went to to make. Those units believable, and he's very proprietary of of this of these designs and of their their capabilities in a way that I find charming. He'll say, "No, wait, you wouldn't do that. This is not the step where you would do that. You'd have to hook this up first, and then you have to do this. No, no, this is wrong. You got to do it this so way." So basically, that's that scene where Jesse's have just Jesse's talking to Walt with the drawing of how they're gonna they're gonna be able to put this equipment yeah. in the in in the cases. Yeah, it's just uh it's we are not uh, I, I need to say it yet again. I feel I need to uh we are not this show is not about being a primer for how to how to cook methamphetamine. It's mm-hmm. just but we want to make our reality as real as it can be. We want our world of breaking bad to seem as real as it can be, and we make mistakes all the time, but having said that we strive not to. We strive to make things as believable as possible, not to tell people how to do it in real life hopefully that if there's any message from this show it's this is like the world's worst decision <laughs> but but you know you want it to seem real and to that end our crew is very enthusiastic toward toward making that uh happen 
And we, and we talked about the pest control, and I feel like we went away from it and came back to it a couple of times because mm-hmm. it was. Did we? There were, yeah, because okay. there were times where it felt like this is too outrageous. This is this is, and we talked about going back to an RV for a little bit. I yeah. Mean, just the idea of seeing the guys in an RV again was very appealing. Yeah. And then we we changed that and said, well, maybe they're just looking in a catalog at RVs. <laughs> we almost had that scene. Yeah, that would have yeah. been a good scene. Yeah. And then uh, they then they come up with the better idea of, of going to the uh, pest control. One of the, about, you know one about? of the one of the one of the the roadblocks I think was that uh, it was you know are we just going to take over a, a regular pest control company and do this? And we, I think one of the things that really helped us was when we realized that well these guys are these guys are already crooks. Yeah, yeah. these guys that was are a already big crooks. Moment. These are already guys are already crooks. So you could have that scene that with Fr- Frank Ross as Ira. Yes. And the uh, and the poor homeowner and the yeah. guy is you know <laughs> Ira is pretty damn smooth yes. when the, when he's getting all these cases inside and you believe it because you've been told. Saul has told us that uh, these guys are already uh, thieves. That was you're right. That was a big rep moment of. It helped a ton. It was a big moment of revelation and relief in the writer's room because it was like before that we were talking about, okay, so Mike goes in and strong arms a bunch of guys and, and intimidates them into un- law-abiding citizens. And, or they buy their own or they or start from scratch yeah. or something. It was just... But it would take so, years to just get licensed and learn how to do all that stuff. Well, right? let me ask you this because even listening to you now, it's a huge learning um, experience for me because... I'm curious, okay, the discussions that you're having about how you're going to actually get these guys to get, you know, to take over a company or do you need to, is that the stuff that happens when you're starting to break the episode, but the idea of the tented houses, is that something that you decided in the very beginning? I, I And think, you just weren't sure where you are going to get to it? I think that the details of it are stuff you, you get to when you break the individual episode. But we try to think as, ahead as, as, okay. as far very, as possible. Very early on, we, we write all, just when we first meet, we just have these ideas and write them down on index cards. And they go onto just a wall of ideas. And I think there was a card very early on, guys cook in tented houses, and that yeah. was up on the board. Okay. And most, Whether, of them, most of them never happen. Yeah, a lot of stuff doesn't yeah, get used. that's true. Okay. A lot of did. A lot so, of good ideas never come to fruition. So yeah. another one, obviously, is, I mean, you know, I know that this is going to resonate with people from last year because it was such a big moment. And even when I watched it, knowing I knew what was coming, but I absolutely love the scene. Skip, wonderful job. And there's nothing, I mean, not much happens, but it's wonderful is the scene with Walt and Brock. I mean, obviously <laughs> you guys had to say, okay, yeah. we have to have something. Did you know... Like, did it go like that where you guys say we have to have something or did you, you know, just think we don't know what's going to happen? You know, and how did that come about? There was just a desire about? to see those two together. Two together, okay. Yeah. And just what would happen. And I like that it was just kept pretty minimal. Yeah. That you could just, just a look between them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Does, does Brock recognize. recognize Walt? Has he ever seen him before? I mean, technically we know that Walt came to Jesse's door uh, in episode 11 last year, and, and they almost came to yet another fist fight out on the lawn. But we know that we, we saw uh, 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 Andrea and, and Brock glimpse Walt at the door. But other than that, yeah, does the kid remember him from another time? Uh, good question that I don't think even we completely know the answer to. Do we? Well, we're not telling. Or we're not telling. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what that's I meant the right to say. Answer. That's what I meant to say. It's yeah. all completely but, worked oh, out. I, Every detail. I got to mention something else. Someone's going to ding us on, so I'm just going to say it right now and take it off the table. Uh-oh. Uh, you know, a, a big part of the idea, we, we came up with uh, 
big a big reason we came up with the tinted houses is I, I remember walking you would walk uh, from our office to Ralph's and you know buy my lunch or whatever pass a house or two you know it looks like a circus tent you see it all the time out here in Southern California where people bomb their houses for termites or, or whatever right. with the tent over the house I had never seen it I don't think until I moved out here almost you know seven, 17 years ago apparently in New Mexico it is very rare that they tent houses so that. <laughs> Don't write us letters. We already know that. <laughs> it is apparently very rare, although not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Apparently, one or two operators in uh, Albuquerque have tents, do tent a house maybe once or twice a year. But I think those are meth cooks. <laughs> is that what that is? They will be now. <laughs> well, you know what I want to um, mention also uh, before we get away from the tented houses, Vince, I know that you're very, very... Um, involved in so much decision making uh practical decision making uh decisions on costumes and stuff like that on props and and things so did you decide on the green and yellow colors or were you presented with presented with choices uh green and yellow seemed like a a i definitely knew we wanted stripes and and of course that tent is absolutely in keeping with with uh what a what a what a what a tent you know that's absolutely we had that made for us because mm-hmm. we wanted a specific color scheme and I like the green and yellow color scheme because of course it harkens to our our main title mm-hmm. uh, the colors of our main title essentially green and yellow right. uh, there was a time there where we were going to buy a used tent instead that was probably orange and purple because it would have been cheaper but uh, these are the decisions you make day in and day out not just what color the tent should be but is the color of the tent that important that we should spend an extra twelve or $15,000 to make the thing versus buying one used? And you, you pick your battles, you know. They and each, obviously the answer was yes. In this case, yes. In this case, also our, our, our wonderful producers, uh, Michelle and Melissa and Stu Lyons, uh, Stu and Lart, and, and great, great part is responsible for the money, and then uh, Michelle and... Uh, Melissa are as well, but also, you know, take on the creative aspects. The the, the three of them, uh, they have a very small pot of money, relatively. I mean, we we're we're lucky. Sony and AMC give us as much as they do, but we're always we're always ambitious, and, and the money only goes so far. <laughs> so the, a big part of the job is, uh, you know, what do we spend it on? Because it ain't gonna last forever. So it's a, there's an art to that as well spending the, the spending of the money yeah. one of the things that, that i i got really excited about i think a lot of us did was the way that the um the tents would change the light inside yeah. inside yeah. the houses during during day daytime scenes and it really gave us uh, michael slovis a chance to wash these scenes with with really unusual colors that's true and then it also you know having the tent inside the tent yeah turned out great also because it you know you have those wonderful angles and in fact there are actually two different versions of the tent uh there's there's a double thickness tent right. uh for when you're uh, for when you were in the inside looking out and a single thickness tent for on the outside looking in yes uh, and that let you that allows us to actually shoot some of the scenes inside the tent not at the, a house location, yes. so we can shoot some of that back at our stages. Yes, and there's just you know the attention to detail uh, is is really pretty yeah. incredible. So, very very hard well, pick. I'm sorry, one last uh, very hard picking locations for yes. this. We 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 quickly learned because you want a house that's big enough to put this inner tent within. You need a, a two story uh, living room or family room so that you can get up and above this thing. But you don't want the house to look like 
you know, the Kardashians living it or something. You want you want it to look like middle class folks living it. You don't want it to be a mansion. So because it's you know what it's not as find. it's not as much fun if Walt is taking advantage. He, you you want to see you want to see him taking advantage of average people, and that's why in the, in yeah. the montage scene that we're gonna. I'm sure talk about it at some point. One of my favorite moments is the uh, the little photo of the fam yes. the family photo that's over there, and there's this meth tent right in the middle of their house, and these poor folks are just trying to get rid of there, some cockroaches. There is something so fun and twisted about these guys cooking meth in people's people's homes who don't suspect it. It could happen to you, people. Yeah. Yeah, well, just maybe live with the bugs. But you know, if you're lucky, no, Walt, if, 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 if Walter White is doing it, you can be sure that you will not have any residue. Yeah, that's, that's true. He's, he's, he's pretty persnickety. He's pretty meticulous. And they do kill the bugs on the way out. They do kill the bugs. So I, I think it's a win-win yeah. in, in the end, really. I love the shot, Adam. You and uh, Adam got was that your, was that in the script? I can't remember Which the shot one? of the bug. The cockroach. Oh, I mean, that was in, that was scripted. That was scripted. How, how hard but, was that to get? Because that's the kind of thing. Oftentimes we would animate in, but that was not. That was a real bug. You know, we only had one cockroach that was the uh, that looked like a regular cockroach. And so this poor this poor bug did three takes. He was a runner. And uh, well, he didn't always. Once he just sat there, and then he would go in the wrong direction. And there's really almost nothing you can do. Apparently, you just have to let them do what they're going to do. And then there was the one perfect take where he ran away from. Cam- I'm saying he. he I'm yeah. assuming it's a boy. He did. Um, and he was he of ran, age. I'd he, say. He, he was so no, no laws were broken. And he uh, and then he he ran to the edge of the counter. And he looked down, and his little butt was sticking over the edge of the counter. And then he went, he went, he, went, he disappeared. That's the kind of shot you needed Kim Manners for. He was good with cockroaches. He was. was. Oh yeah. We had a great episode of X Files. Uh, cockroaches. Uh, Kim Manners. Uh, uh, God, uh, God bless Kim Manners. We miss him. Uh, Darren Morgan wrote that one. Great episode. <laughs> Which one was that? It was War of the. Or the Coprophages? It means shit eaters. Literally. The story was he needed cockroaches to come over the thing. And he apparently he walked up to the to the toilet where there was to run as a gag and he went, Okay, you go that way, you go that way, and you go that way. Okay? Roll it, and the cockroaches did exactly what he had said. Uh, it was just amazing. He was I'm an sure. amazing director. We should, I should have told Adam that story. He would have, he would have just told the cockroach That's what right. to do. Yeah. Maybe that was the problem. You've got to be, you know? be Kim Manners. Well, you know, if you've ever been an extra at a movie, it's very frustrating because people don't tell you what you're supposed to be doing. So if, yeah. if, they're, if the AD crew is not as good as ours. I love that song that Thomas Goljevich found oh, for man. us. I love that. I love the cooking montage. That is uh, that is wonderful. That was it's not great. our fir- not our first choice for a song, although we wind up falling in love with it even more in our first you choice. You guys went through a lot of songs. I remember hearing wow. what about twenty different choices or something. Well, we good. really only had one we loved, a Serge Gainsbourg song uh, that we loved that we could not get the rights to for stories uh, for reasons that are too long to go into now. But we wind up with that great song by the Peddlers. Yeah, that uh, the uh, uh, really good British doo-wop band. Uh, this is a recording from 1968 of uh, On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. Uh, really, I love that, that song. It plays great. Before we- before you go into the montage, which is an incredible, I just want to mention Skinny Pete, who actually is a real piano virtual. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was uh, on episode 311. We were shooting in the church basement, and there was a piano in back, and I heard that somebody playing piano. And I went back there, and lo and behold, it was Skinny Pete. I was like, I had thought to myself... That from that day, I thought, man, we got to have him in an episode playing piano. Yeah. And luckily, 
here we had an opportunity that it came up. So it's beautiful. Was, I mean, he's was, fantastic. Both those guys are good musicians. And then uh, uh, Matt Jones, who plays Badger, and Charles Baker, who plays Skinny Pete. Both those guys can are actually quite adept musicians. I love when he's, he says, he's playing it bad. He's yeah. playing his guitar badly. He's actually quite a good guitarist. But I love when he says, when the guy says, how big case you need? And he goes, biggest you got, twang. <laughs> his, his trying to do business here, bitch. <laughs> their, timing is just, their timing is just it's incredible. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and Alex Knight, who played the, uh, the salesman, I thought did a really good local actor. Yeah. And a, uh, did a good comedian. job. He did a really good job. And shout out to Grandma's Music in Albuquerque. They let us shoot in their uh, beautiful store there, and uh, they were very cool. Where's our free guitars? I wouldn't know what to do with one. You would. Tom is a, a, an accomplished guitar player. Plays yeah. every day at lunchtime. That's true, instead of doing work. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's lunchtime. Hence the word lunchtime. No, right, easy. Tom? That is correct. Yes, it regales There's us. Never a moment of he wants his working at <laughs> with all times with the same with the same chord from Smoke on the Water over and over again for <laughs> six months straight. Well, before we get into the montage, Walt Walt and uh, Jesse pass by uh, the, the the tenting crew, and among them is a character named Todd, who's played by Jesse Plemons, who I just saw is actually in the new. P.T. Anderson movie, The Master. Oh, is he? Yes, he is. Right on. Which, I like if, Jesse. Which He's I, great. If I had known, I, I would have... Uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, yeah. FNL, yeah. yes. Wonderful show. He was great on it. Absolutely. He plays Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Oh, really? He says, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's one of my favorite actors. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who went to NYU the same year you and I were there, which makes him my age, yeah. your age, which means that Jesse Plemons could be our son. He might be. Jesus If you Christ. were in a P.T. Anderson movie. <laughs> okay. I'm just older I than I. I just I'm continually Philip. reminded how old I am. As I didn't know you went to school with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I I didn't know him, but I remember hearing he was on our. Can uh, I say the thing about uh, how he was sort of the inspiration? Why we have Gale? Why we had Gale? Uh, we yeah. We had heard we had heard that Philip Seymour Hoffman might be interested in being on Breaking Bad. This was in season three, and we kind of came up with the role of Gale, thinking, "Oh, we will offer this to him." And I don't know if he was an interest or he was busy, but that's. And we that's had, sort of the reason we we had, we, we got Gale in the first we had, place. That's right. We had heard he liked the show. Uh, little did we realize that does not equate in any way, shape, or form to wanting to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, we, we had still, deluded ourselves into thinking yeah, he was yeah, interested. Yeah. So well, you know, and he, he wasn't. Great he was a fellow him. alumni, so you know, maybe that, that didn't that didn't take us very far either. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we're so lucky to have David Cos. We, yeah, we, we were so lucky to have yeah. David Cos. It would have no. been a very different. It would have been a very different character. Well, only one one lasted one episode before he went off and did another movie. That's right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, he is me, a he is a fine actor, by the way. Let He's me a, ask you this too. Gotta love him at Big Lebowski. Jesus, that's a great movie. I can get you a toe. I get you, toe. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, but he plays. Uh, he plays. Uh, no, he's the uh, he's uh, the Big Lebowski's br- br- assistant. What's his name? Br- Brat, 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 Brant, Brant, no, Brant no, can watch. Yeah, it was like Brant. Brad. Brad. No, it's Brant. Okay. Or something. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Taro, Taro. Uh, Little Lebowski overachievers and proud we are of all of them, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just quote the movie for the rest of the. Right, that, is um, a, that is an infinitely quotable movie. Anyway, um, it, hey, let me ask you the house that you guys tent that you end up tenting for the the meth cook in the show. Uh, where where was the uh, where was that neighborhood? That's a very good question. It's near the petroglyphs. Okay. That's that's what I know, and it's it's right on the edge of the uh, right on the edge of the scrubland. Okay. And one of the cool things one of the cool things about the uh, that location was we actually used two houses at the same time. So we had one for the exterior and one for the interior, ah. uh, and they were across the street from each other. 
And uh, so that let, enabled us to kind of move back and forth pretty quickly. And if you watch the, uh, the super duper early teaser footage of uh, Brian and Aaron on a mysterious street, oh, yeah. uh, that was the first thing you could have seen on this season. That was all shot on that, that was all shot on that street. And Brian says, if we just panned around a little bit, we would show you something. But we can't do it. That's right. And uh, what he was talking about was the tented house. That's right. That's right. So that that was that was, and it was you know, there's uh, the people were very nice in the neighborhood. And uh, did you meet the homeowners? Uh, briefly, there was yeah. a cat who lived who was who was in the house. <laughs> Not so, happy, probably. So uh, the, yeah, the cat yeah. was uh, the cat was I uh, made made herself scarce. Yeah. I think is more or less what was. Well, going that's on. what I would do. Yes. Well, we should talk a little bit about that great montage that Adam shot. Uh, and and that Skip different. edited. Yeah, Skip, very, you very edited the, the yeah. yeah. Let's get Skip yeah, in here. You edited the living hell out of that thing. Out on that and she, Sheridan, she, she got it together, and then we just refined it. So, what do you edit to? Since this is a song that was clearly put in well after the montage, the pictures had been put together. What what music do you did you pick to edit to? And how did, it's so fascinating that the, you find music that works so well with something after. The, after yeah. the fact, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're there we're was a fucking good, man. I know that. I want to hear <laughs> the details. <laughs> well, I think Adam and Peter, you both had picked a piece of music. You had, you had well, chosen a piece of well, music. Well, no, we, we struggled. We struggled immediately. It was already a problem in, in pre-production because Thomas sent us hmm. a few things and nothing quite felt right. And so Adam used a piece... And I'm not I'm not even sure who does it, but he had used it's something he used on his reel. Yeah. And it, okay. it, it was it was uh it was not bad, but it didn't quite have the right emotional tone. Yeah. And but, but that we, was what you cut to. Yeah, we take a piece of music. I mean as you said, that Adam picked his piece of music, so that's what we cut with originally. And you just make it work with the beats of the music and, and get the images the way you want them and, and hope everybody likes it. And then you're right, when we changed the music out, the first time we didn't have to change the picture at all. With and, the Gainsborough piece. That's right. That's right. And in large part, it's it's interesting that what comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. It's when you have it cut together very nicely, beautifully, the way you had it cut together. But then you realize you want to change, make a change of the song. Then you sit there. The three of us sat there. You and me and uh, uh, Peter sat there and watched song after song laid against the images. And yes. I guess. When you think of it that way, you are picking something that sounds right emotionally, that that makes you smile or whatever that you that you like, but also you're you're at least subconsciously seeing how it lays in against the current cutting pattern. Right. So you might I worry sometimes you might ding a song that's perfect, except that it's not, you know, it's like, not working with the picture for yeah. some reason. And then you think to yourself, well, damn, we can always recut the picture. Not always in this case, because yeah. we're always running up against very tight deadlines. You, right. know, you don't have infinite opportunity to re, re to play with things. But well, the other what, thing what, I want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just, I was just the other thing about the montage uh, is that the fact that it, uh, unique, I think, about yeah. montages, you get to see what's happening inside the cook. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wanted yeah. to say yeah. There's animation in there which we haven't done before, and it looks really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Adam. Adam was uh, very methodical. He watched. I think pretty much every cook montage we'd had. Yeah. And he was really trying to think about. And part of it, this is this is a different montage, partially because of the emotional tone of it. Yeah. Because these guys are working together well. They're kind of cool. There's yeah. a sort of kind of almost a James Bondy feeling to these these cases opening up and having this this portable meth lab inside. And Adam also had the inspiration. He said, "Let's make this the um, the Mister Science 
montage and actually show what's going on inside. And I got so excited by this that during prep, I was sitting in my hotel room surfing uh, Vimeo, uh, which, which is a, a website, that, uh, it's, it's a YouTube competitor that has higher def things. And there are a lot of people, uh, because I was looking for things that were samples that we could show to our uh, digital crew to kind of figure out what, would, what, what it would look like. And sure enough, what, what happened was we actually found the pieces that we ended up using. Yes. And they were both done on spec and put on Vimeo. And uh, Andrew Ortner uh, uh, contacted, I think one person was in Sweden and one in Germany. Is right. that right? Oh, yeah. really? And yeah. uh, he, he contacted them and got the right. To, one of them had heard of the show and one of them hadn't. And they're both pieces from much longer uh, huh. Much longer, kind of demonstrate. It was more or less uh, my perception is that they were uh, digital artists who were kind of showing off their stuff, and we just happened to find the two pieces that really, really worked well for us. That's neat. That worked out really well. Because yeah, because the original plan was to to do them and animate them in house. It's nice when that works out. Well, the only other time I can think of that we did that was uh, in the fly. Uh, in the fly. Oh yeah, which, right. you know, which had, of course, uh, existing fly footage. Yeah, uh, which which we found again online. Someone had just, I guess, he had just bought a a, 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 a very expensive rig, and he was shooting a fly, and that became the, the teaser, teaser of our episode. I'm waiting yeah. for the day we find an, a, an entire episode online and pay <laughs> fifty go. bucks for it. And <laughs> take take the week. I'm off. always looking to see if my script has already been written somewhere. Right? <laughs> just, just to find it. <laughs> So, you know, right after that, I think it's right after that, is uh, we have this great scene, um, i like you guys to talk about it, especially you, Peter, um, uh, where Walt is talking to Jesse about Brock and yeah, Angela. Yeah, that's a great scene. You know, it's like I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, Walt is a son of a bitch. He's, there he goes manipulating Jesse again. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's got these, these tones of truth to it, and he's got in these tones of... Of uh, sincerity, but you know that he's full of bullshit. <laughs> well, and he's and and he's he's trying to get he's ultimately trying to get the kid to do exactly what the kid does, which right. is break up with Andrea, right. get get her out of his life. Now, yeah. Peter, can you talk a little bit about how that you guys talked in the writers' room about this scene, and then what your process was as far as because that's a really really there's a lot of subtext in that, and that's a really tough job, I would think. Well, it was really that was a really fun scene to write. Anytime you're writing for those two characters, it's just they, they both have such distinct voices, and uh, they're just really really fun to write for. And one of the things I loved about this particular episode was just kind of the progress of Jesse and Walt's relationship. Whereas earlier, when they were talking about the uh, the cases. I think we had their that was maybe their best moment of collaboration that I can remember on the show. Yeah. When Jesse's kind of throwing in a little bit, Walt's throwing, in, and then here comes Andrea, and she oh Andrea, Andrea, my bad. and she uh, Sorry. Emily Rios, and she uh, she uh, you know she kind of ruins their rhythm, and of course Walt feels yeah. you could read that he feels guilt or discomfort with Brock, and I think that he's decided that he he really would rather. That uh, these two were not in Jesse's life. Yeah, and De- definitely discomfort. Do you read guilt? I think that's that's, that's in the a, eye that's of the beholder. That's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's so one of the things I just love the way Brian played that scene because you really there's no there's no sense that anything else is going on unless you know. It's the context that gives you helps you understand where that character is, and that's he's cool. just so subtle. Yeah, and it's just, and I, I love how warm, warm that scene is with, yeah. between the three of the, the, the four of them, 
and uh, it just it just does not. But because of the context, you understand the the undercurrents there. Yeah. And then we have then you know Walt has obviously been stewing about this, <laughs> and uh, and here they are. They've been they've been have they've had the cook. And I think what did we what did we come up with? I think the main thing that I got when we broke it. I don't remember how much dialogue we actually broke. But I, I remember the, the main thing was, you know, she really loves you. She'll understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and which was, you know. Man, you, that's, you, oh. sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes with a scene, it's really, you know, it's nice to have a place to work to. But I, you know, I used a lot of, I think what's so much fun, so interesting about Walt at this point is that his lies, and this happens again later in the episode, his lies contain a lot of truth. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, the, you know, best, the best ones right. always do. You know, and it's it, it, that happens in, in other episodes to come also, where, you know, sometimes the moment when he's being the most honest is when he's putting something over on someone. And That's I think this is, this is an example, you know, where he really says these things that you really never thought you'd hear from Walt or that the, t- the emotional tone, you know, you can even, you could read that there's a little bit of regret about about what his secrets have done to his marriage and things like that, but it's all in service of of, of doing a mind fuck on Jesse. And uh, similar scene with Marie later yes. on in the episode. Uh, the the lie that that has a great deal of truth to right. it about about. I mean, in effect, in, in fact, uh, it is it is is not a lie. Uh, Skyler did indeed have a, an affair with Ted. She does indeed feel terrible about him being in a hospital bed now. But he's using. This is a strange example of using an absolute truth uh, in a in a manipulative, lying way. To uh, he, the guy's a he's a, it's his superpower. He's the world's greatest liar. Well, he, he also he has to. It, it costs him because he's saying that you know it's the most one of the most humiliating things he could ever say. Yes, that's which true. Which is that you know my my wife you know screwed this other uh, guy. I'm a cuckold. I'm a cuckold, and yeah. uh, he uses that because it's. To get out of this situation, and it's you know it's going to cause trouble. He is uh, he is something else. You know what I I want to uh, I want to make I want to make sure that we get in um, you know because you talked about the the scene with uh, Walt and Marie, but before that there's this great scene that I've heard over and 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 over um, in my editing room because you guys are working on it and it's the shut up shut up shut up and you know what I gotta say that I love Betsy Brandt she is so she is such a a really nice person and I love seeing her she's always she always seems excited to see everybody which is great and and so I'm so glad because the scene with her. In in uh, in with Walt is priceless, and then the scene also with Skyler in the shut up scene oh, yeah, is yeah. really priceless. So I'm so glad that she, um, you know, she got you know some stuff to do this time, and she's a one. She did she did a wonderful job. You she did, did a wonderful job. Well, this yeah. is her yes, first episode sh- of the season. The sh- oh, I didn't. Oh yeah, I guess it is. I hate to say, <laughs> uh, be, I, and 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 for anyone who's a big Betsy Brandt fan or a Marie fan or both, which anyone uh, in their right mind absolutely would be because she's wonderful. Uh, we did not uh, try to keep her out of those first two episodes. It's just this way the story lays out. Didn't and she piss us off? I feel like she did oh, something Oh, wait, that's us. right. She pissed us off. Yeah, this was, <laughs> this was total revenge. Yes. <laughs> she's, uh, but this is her first episode of the season, and uh, it was too long a wait, admittedly. But, yeah, she's great in this episode. She did a wonderful job. And she's wonderful. wonderfully yeah. wonderfully cut uh, Skip. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, I, I know that I don't want to wrap it up too quickly, but... Um, I do want to mention, uh, obviously we have this, this big scene with, you know, Mike and, and Walt, 
But I also want to mention, you got your favorite movie. You found out a way to get your favorite oh, movie into the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's this episode. That's right. Yeah, they're at this point, they're all running together. And I love that, of that course, and of course you have Walt and, and, and Junior and the baby watching yeah. the, the most violent part of yeah, Scarface. And, uh, and we did. I, 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 I want to, uh, Scarface is... Is one of my favorites. It's not my all-time favorite, but I love it. I love Scarface. Great movie. And uh, 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 yeah, Al Pacino, who I've never met, don't know the man. Love, 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 love his work. Uh, but we heard through the grapevine that you know we you got to get a lot of sign-offs when you when you put something like this uh, into your into your little project. And um, we had to get the okay from Universal, which owns the copyright. And then we had to get. Uh, uh, we had to get the okay from the all the actors who appear on screen, uh, uh, and Al Pacino. Uh, like, I hear through the grapevine was just as cool as it could be, and I don't know if he's ever laid eyes on Breaking Bad or not. That that never came up, but he said, you know, okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll let you use it for a SAG minimum. You know, he could have held us up for like God knows what. I mean, he couldn't have because the truth is, after a certain point, money wise, we just wouldn't have been able to do it. You would have had him showing Three Stooges yet again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I got to tell you, I love the Three Stooges, but the reason we keep saying the Three Stooges is because they're free to us. Well, that, that Stooges clip though was one. That was one with the. Um, with the, the gorilla of the machine. That was in yes. contention season one. Yes, yes it, was. it was. And yes. another Adam Bernstein episode. Yeah. And, and yes. I was I was desperate to see it eventually, yes. so I was really happy we were able to get into this one. Gorilla plus machine gun equals comedy gold. And you know, you know, in that scene in that scene we're talking about, uh well of course, you know, you always pitched the show as Mr. Chips Scarface. You're right, you're right. So it was it was it just has a, I think a lot of resonance. But also, um, Brian improvised a few lines, and we used one, which I think is, is really terrific, which is, is everybody dies in this movie, don't they? Yeah. And, what uh, does that mean? Why do you think that's so interesting? I don't. Because, well, you know, because it... Uh, I that think, is a great line. I yeah. think it goes to what's going on in her head. The, the scene's all about all about Skylar. It's, yeah. it's all about what, what uh, Skylar thinks is going on, how, how helpless she is to really... Uh, deal with the situation with this with this guy who's got all the cards apparently. Oh, uh, got to give a shout out to that the shot of the ceiling. <laughs> what? I, I love this uh, detail. I, I love this. This uh, uh, speaks to the amazing, almost Star Trekian world we live in now of high technology. That our show is shot on thirty five millimeter uh, negative film. And, and which is wonderful, and I and I which one, isn't really done that much anymore. No, we're one of the last shows to do it, and I and I think it looks beautiful. And I'm not ready for film to go away. Having said that, we needed a shot of a ceiling. We needed a POV shot at the beginning of that Scarface sequence when when Skyler's lying uh, on her bed, uh, and she's staring at the ceiling. We we unfortunately we never uh, the crew was never able to schedule in a shot of the ceiling, her point of view of the ceiling. So uh, we, we obtained a, uh, a, 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 a Canon 7D SLR, a camera you could buy at Circuit City or Best Buy or whatever. Circuit City didn't exist yeah, anymore. Cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, get, you get my point for like, you know, a couple thousand bucks. And uh, from uh, from Trevor Baker, our wonderful uh, uh, editing PA. Post coordinator. Post, 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 I'm sorry, post coordinator Trevor uh, brought in his 7D and we got a shot of the wall of the editing of Skip's editing bay yeah. uh, with this with this digital SLR got a shot of the wall of the editing bay of, uh, of Skip's office 
cut it in. It cuts in with the negative. It's just it's a it's a shot of a wall. You would never know that we're always staring at. When we, all we have to do is drop our eyes from the screen we're looking at Skip's uh, episode on that he's cutting, and there's that patch of wall. You can even see the little 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 heel mark on it in one spot. It's uh, it's so weird watching it in your room in the final cut, yes, and then seeing that patch right of wall. It's uh, it, we live in amazing times that you can do that. It's. Um, God only knows what's coming next. 4K is coming next. This is all 2K. 4K will have four times the uh, resolution. And then they're even talking about 8K after that. It'd just be like, you know, your, your TV sets will look like windows. I yeah. mean, there will just it'll be, like, as- astonishing. Like and then we, only the shows that were shot on film will, can be remastered to look good that way. That's so true. Our show will still look that's good. That's true. So that don't be true. So don't be except, in too big except, a hurry except, to get rid of Except for that film. one shot of the, uh, of the wall. Which, <laughs> you know what? That is true. <laughs> that, is, I will, won't match up I, that won't work. We'll have to reshoot the wall. <laughs> I lose sleep over that. I worry about that. Because, uh, you know, like on the X-Files, it's, it's, X-Files is still not out on Blu-ray yet, and in large part because it was... Shot the early days, especially were shot in four by three instead of sixteen by nine. The aspect ratio, and then a lot of the visual effects were done. You'd have to redo a lot of the visual effects to. to You'd have to pull the negative first and recut it. Oh my god! You'd have to actually cut that negative if Mm. they never did it, which they probably didn't. I think they cut negative. Did they cut the negative? I think they cut negative. Well, if they cut it, but then yes. At least in the early days. Yeah, you'd have to pull elements and get those visual effects remade and stuff like that or most likely they'd probably just do a scan you know what i mean but it's a big job you guys had how many episodes 202 202. that's a lot i'd love to see it done though of course i'm I'm biased as hell but i'd love to see a blu-ray or just a pristine beautiful blu-ray what about the lone gunman yeah, well, you know what? We should start with a lone gunman. There's only 13 of them. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. My second favorite job ever uh, uh, after Breaking Bad. Well, it's a tie between X-Files and Lone Gunman. Um, so let's talk just briefly, I guess, about the basically the face-off scene, face-off. Um, not really face-off, but, you know, sort of a face-off between Mike and Walt, where, you know, Mike is starting to take the, take money away. And, you know, also you were saying that uh, the money um, had just come in. I want you to talk a little bit about the money, how you d- have to deal with getting money. I think it comes from a special company out here, and from what I understand, and you actually have to account for it and send it back. Well, that was not – it's prop money. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it you know, it used to be a rule, a law, you couldn't even photograph money in the, in the, in back in the day. I think that law has sort of gone by the way. It's got to have. But, but it's, I tell you, prop money is a surprisingly tricky thing to deal with because we've had plenty – our prop master, Mark Hansen, who does such a great job, he and his crew, uh, Trina and all the other folks in his crew do a great job. But uh, they've had a devil of a time finding good prop money sometimes, uh, and especially when you need that much of it. You know, one of the things that you know that, that we spent a lot of time, uh, actually Jen Carroll, who we spoke about earlier, she and I spent a lot of time doing spreadsheets of uh, of, of all the different combinations of uh, of money. You know, of how much how much the mules were going to get. How so much? So you know, Peter does this for fun as well. Just that's spare right. Time. That's right. Well, you know, there you spreadsheets? go. Spreadsheets. Green spreadsheets. green eye green eye shade. <laughs> Uh, the uh, <laughs> which is a term I've heard before. Oh, me too. No, I no. was I yeah. was at I was at a network and I used the I used the words. You know, he's a green eye shade guy, and nobody knew what I was saying. So there you go. Did uh, you say twenty three skidoo? I did. I did. Yes. Well, you know, cha I'm, I'm an aficionado of that stuff. So I was talking about Warren Buffett. So it was appropriate. The um, the uh, where was I? So we had we had a we had a whole series of. Uh, 
of different possibilities that uh, we ended up choosing from because this these numbers end up having a lot of impact on the show you know how much these you know how much people come home with and you know how much Walt gets left with how much Jesse has and uh, one of the things that we realized was first of all if we did it all in 20s it would just be too much money oh yeah it would just we, we, we I mean, volume wise volume wise it would be too big for the for the table and uh, but on the other hand, if we did all fifties, it wasn't going to be enough. And also, splitting it up was going to be kind of hairy. Right. So what? What Adam, who is a, a true mathematics genius, he is. He's uh, a, yeah. He's, he's a math major. He's yeah. a yeah. He's a man of a lot. Many. Why is he wasting time? You know, in show business. That's <laughs> but uh, he, he, he. We figured out that we'd use twenties and fifties, and. Uh, you know, there was a lot Wait, of Wait, that was his big mathematical well, that, uh, addition? That, that was. That I could have fucking told you that. That was part of it. That was part of it. Well, no, because well, he, he also redesigned he, he also redesigned a special well, camera. Yeah. He, he we had the thought of pesos. <laughs> I'm sure he had to figure Man. out, though, the, the yes. size of the pile, yes. right? And then, I just like and then also John away. has to take certain certain number of 50. And John, yeah. is, John was, was ready to use a checkbook. Suddenly you get in here. You get in here, and it's like it's like Henny, you Young, me, Henny Youngman's on the set. I didn't want to be here. Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, I, uh, I uh, quite a lot of work went into that, as yes. I recall. And you Thank guys you. would come to me and you'd say, "How does this these numbers sound?" And I am I am the last person who should be giving advice on mathematics. And uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's it, like it, looking at one of Stu's budgets. I, well, I you know I'm terrible at that stuff. I, my eyes glaze over. I, they literally they physically glaze over. I can't even they cross. I can't cross. even see, you know, when I'm looking at these Can you numbers. Tell they're crossed with the glaze. Over I know them? exactly, okay. you know. But uh, but you guys did you and uh, and Jen did a great job figuring out those numbers. And let me tell you, if I didn't know before, I know it after Comic Con. A journalist came up to me. This the, the devil is in the details. A journalist came up to me at Comic-Con, very nice guy, uh, interviewed me, and then showed me uh, a piece of artwork. Or I, It was like a, like a two-page spread in a magazine. I, I'm sorry I can't remember the journalist's name or the magazine, but it was this, uh, the, the, or the, either the, the, uh, the website or the magazine or whatever was going to print a, uh, basically a spreadsheet mm-hmm. uh, or a, a graph. It was uh, a pie chart, It was wasn't a pie it? chart. It was a pie chart of how much money Walt has made and how much he has lost and how much went to Skyler giving and you're it away. To, like, oh, geez, and he so said, cool. he said, I'm so glad to get you in person here because I want you to, I want to run these numbers with you. I want to check, <laughs> see that these numbers are correct. And I'm just like, I just, I, I hemmed and hawed. I tried to fake my way through it. And then I just said, man, I don't know. I just, I, all I can tell you is that in episode uh, uh, two of season five, which uh, you guys listening have already seen, uh, Walt says, you know, after everything, I'm $40,000 in the hole. Mm-hmm. And I said, your numbers here don't amount to that. They actually show he's up by several hundred thousand dollars or mm-hmm. more. So if you want it to jibe with what we say in, in early season five, you want to, you know, jigger the numbers so that he's forty grand in the hole. But other than that, they, I don't know what to tell you. They didn't do it. They published, they published it that way. I was, well, he's doing much better than I thought. Oh, oh they've already it. published it. It was, yes, I saw I, it. I, I saw told them. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guess, I guess they had a looming You know deadline. who would know would be Jenny, Jenny Hutchson. You know, she has a little, yeah. she has a little, a little tiny book that she consults, and she has every piece of pertinent information. Yeah. Rain Woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God bless her. She's and kept she's kept us so uh, kept just, us straight for I years. Just, you know, just being on the set with these three actors doing that scene was just such a pleasure. Because if yeah. you get if you get uh, you know 
Brian, John, and Aaron together yeah. on a That's scene Jonathan Banks. with Jonathan Banks. Yeah. It's just it's uh, it's, it's such it's such a pleasure to watch these guys work together. Well, my two favorite lines. Oh, that was I was going to say back in the early scene watching the Three Stooges. One of my two favorite lines in the episode, your line of. Uh, Walt saying, so uh, what's your plan vis-a-vis honesty? <laughs> that was my one favorite line. I love that line. What a douchebag thing to say. <laughs> I love that line. And then and then leading to this, my favorite line of the movie, uh, just because you killed Jesse James, don't make you Jesse, Jesse James. James. That's a that's a badass that's awesome. line. I think we're going to awesome. see that in, in trailers. Now, did that, for now. Was that you, or how did that one? No, that, that was Peter. I pitched that early in the season. Before we even started breaking, I pitched that line. It went up on a card, and I kept on waiting to see when there's going to be a chance to use it, and I was yeah. lucky enough to get it into uh, into the episode. Yeah. Now, we haven't um, talked about the titles And I'm going to give a little spoiler. I've sorry. done this. I've done, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Spoiler, okay. spoiler I, alert. I've been, this is something I've been kind of doing, I realize. I've fallen into the habit of doing in these first three uh, podcasts. Uh, Jesse James will be uh, an appropriate reference mm. uh, within the next, uh, mm. uh, within the next uh, couple of episodes. And that's all spoiler. I'm going to say. Well, well, we'll talk about the porn star, Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't um, say which Jesse James. Yeah. yeah. I just also have to say before we, because I can tell we're about to wrap it up. I just I loved Bet, all of Betsy's work in the in the whole episode, but especially when she is rendered uh, speechless. Yeah, There's yeah. that moment when she's rendered when Walt has told her everything and she starts to ask him a question. She wants to ask, well, how long was she having the affair? Yeah. How long it? And she, I can't ask that. And then she's, I'm going. I'm going to go. She's like, I'm going to go. Is it, is it? I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> her, her timing the there, the timing is just perfect delightful. Timing. It's perfect beautiful. timing. And it's funny how she's like, she's like, I'm not gonna leave until you tell me. I'm not gonna leave. Are you gambling again? Oh, please God, I hope the cancer's not back. And then he tells her, and she's just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, she she just doesn't know what to say she, anymore. It's perfect, awesome. Perfect, perfect comic Yeah, timing. she's great. We of have, course, and, it's gonna be Walt's fault. And yeah. of course, it really is. But now she's, yeah. yes. Our, our actors, uh, all joking aside, our actors, they're so wonderful with the drama, but they're also, we are so blessed that they, all of them, to a man, to a woman, have impeccable comic timing. And if you think that's easy, it's only because they're so good that they make it look easy. Uh, they are, comedy is is way harder than, than drama uh, most of the time, 90% of the time, and they just, they nail it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is speaking a little out of turn, but in the little bit of time that I've been around them and when they've come in for podcasts, everybody seems to get along. They they seem to like each other. Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. That's and that, that's, not the good, that's not the good acting I was speaking of. They truly do. <laughs> they truly do. They're a great bunch. I'm, God knows I'm going to miss this one. They seem to enjoy over. each other. So. No, they do. Um, I was going to just ask you, because we, we haven't talked about it in a long time, and no, certainly not this season, um, but I, I wanted to ask you about the title of this. Um, because you're one of my some of my favorite episodes that you write I mean the titles of your episodes are just so fun so I just wanted to ask you about the title of this one this one you know wasn't it wasn't that much of a sweat for some reason this whole episode for me was uh, I don't know it's just sometimes you, you just hit it right that was uh, you know I, I was thinking about what the big thing that people will take away from the episode would be and the hazard pages seemed like it seemed like it seemed like the thing is, you know, we have these uh, we have these guys out there who are a mortal threat to Walt and uh, Jesse and to Mike, and I thought that the uh, I thought that the uh, the title should reflect that. So that was 
I just pulled that was that phrase occurred to me and it and it, the, the other one last one I had to title was much much more of a struggle was problem dog that took that took a long time to get to but this one was which you easy. directed and you did a yeah. freaking great excellent job, job. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you thank you for that excellent job and you're going to direct once more for us in the final eight and and Mr. Schnauz here uh, directed uh, his first uh, episode coming up uh, episode seven of this season did a great job. Uh, and uh, spoiler. And then George Masters uh, wrote and directed episode five. Did an excellent job. You won't first believe time what you see in episodes five and seven. It's we got some great shit coming Holy up. Holy I, I I have no fear of. Uh, so basically, what are you saying? You're saying they just should just skip over next week's episode and just go right to that pretty one. Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, that's Catlin. <laughs> that's, that's only Ryan Johnson. Next week, yeah, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> God, he's a brilliant director. We're so lucky to have him a second time. Ryan Johnson directed the Fly episode, and he's got a big movie coming out uh, in the not too distant future called Looper. Looper. Big Bruce Willis. Uh, um, what's the young actor's uh, name? Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon Levitt, who's wonderful in it. He's he's the main character. Now, Joseph is it Gordon an action Levin. movie about ADR? <laughs> Looper, fast-paced, exciting world of ADR, automated dialogue replacements. Yes. Caddyshack too isn't Bill, Bill Murray talking about a Looper? He's a jock. He's a pro jock. Looper. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe I imagine that. This this movie is know. nothing like that. This nothing is a great, like it's a great, it's a really good movie though. Everybody should a, go check it out. It's a science fiction. Uh, It'll make your head hurt in a good great. way. It's yeah. Really, really it's great. time travel. It's uh, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's. Uh, I guess we should wrap it up. Um, it's been great. Thank you, guys. I knew it was the right thing to do to get you in. I have time. more to say. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sit in on. I want to sit on seven. Yeah, come. I'll, make, sma- I'll make smart. I'll make smart remarks. I'll make smart remarks. Good. You're, you're, you're invited now. I'll have to write them in advance. <laughs> um, we 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 uh, as always we appreciate you uh, you guys out there listening to us just kind of riff around about the episode. Um, Vince, Tom, Skip. Peter. Peter. <laughs> Thank you very she much for spending, spending so much time with us. Um, and uh, I guess we'll reconvene next week with uh, Ryan Johnson's episode, which is called, shit, what is it, it called? It is called 51. Oh, okay, 51. Ooh, I wonder what that means. Spoiler. I know, I know. Pond, ponder that uh, for a week. Spoilers. <laughs> yes. All right, so everybody, uh, see you next week. Let's go break bad. Thank you. Thank you.